In tonight's third and final presidential debate, Hillary Clinton said she won't add one penny to the national debt. Nope. Just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of trillions and trillions of pennies. Trump vs. Hillary starts now! You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! <laughs> That's right. We don't get to go before the king. The king has to go before we talk. Welcome to Trump vs. Hillary! The third and final presidential debate. I'm Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ. To my left, camera right for those watching on YouTube, Chelsea Galicia at Chelsea Galicia. On the other side of the desk, Drexel Hurd at Drexel Hurd. Scott Moore at SMAN80. And we'll be joined momentarily by Stephen Helmkamp, who is in Las Vegas. But so much to go over. First of all, any excuse we have to play Elvis. <laughs> Viva Las Vegas. It was, uh, you know, it didn't really feel quite as festive there at the uh, Thomas and Mack Center at UNLV. But uh, I'd like to uh, sort of go around the studio before we bring in Steven. Uh, we probably have a fairly good sense of how, you know, all the different players feel. But just always, always wild card, Chelsea. Oh, yeah. What did you think? I'm not saying who won because. I feel like there's going to be a you know a trend in a certain direction. But overall, what did you think of the debate? Uh, man, not that interesting. Heard it all before, except that Trump won't accept the results of the election. Which that is was huge. I mean, we could spend this whole show mm-hmm. on the fact that he said that. Um, I go ahead. There was a couple other things that were memorable. I mean, I don't know why it's so memorable, but but Trump calling Hillary a nasty woman. Wrong. <laughs> None of it was memorable. That, that and. <laughs> I I don't know. Were there anything? Eh, well, just, there's going to be like I'll, three things I'm going to remember. I'll start with before. what I think the most uh, the most noteworthy thing was. I guess second to Trump saying he won't accept the results of the election. Uh, Chris Wallace, amazing. I think he did a great job. He kept them both in line, and there can't be any arguments of like, oh, he only cut off Trump when his time was running. No, he stopped Hillary when she was over, legitimately getting her to stop. Now. He didn't badger them like he said. You're overtime, and then he, you know, let them speak a couple more seconds, and then I, I think he did a great job. I think he asked good questions. Uh, far and away, the best moderator of of the bunch we've had for these debates. Do you, do you think that's because he elected not to be a fact checker and allowed Trump to do it himself when he was saying, "Oh yes, yes." Good well, question. I don't think that. I, I mean, I think all of the moderators. I think Lester Holt said the same thing that it, it's not their job to fact check, you know. But even so, there were still a few times where he did say, "Well, actually, Mr. Trump, you said this." But uh, I think that uh, that's probably the the B story. The takeaway is the fact that uh, Chris Wallace did a great job. Uh, Scott, your thoughts on... Yeah, I mean, going on what you're saying, if, if there was a winner of the debate tonight, it was Chris Wallace. Uh, I will vote for Chris Wallace if he announces his candidacy. He, he definitely, <laughs> like you said, kept them in line. Um, I, I Overall, I feel like it was a wash. I think uh, Trump started out actually well until he went off the rails. But he started out well appealing to his base uh, that he needed, but he didn't expand it in any sense of getting any other voters. Um, and I think um, Hillary did a great job as well, too. So it really just didn't change the trajectory of the race at all. And again, when he went off the rails at the end uh, with his his comments and everything, I think it, it ruined whatever he had tried to do at the beginning. But overall, I think it was a wash for both candidates. There was yeah, no real winners I, I think out of that, one. that uh, until, you know, this was the longest we went in one of these debates, Drexel, before Trump got rattled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, I, I tweeted it, but uh, I believe it was uh, 32 minutes. And that was impressive that we got that long. Because the first debate, 
first 20 minutes, other than the sniffling, you know, Trump did a good job. This was a much more subdued Trump for the, that first half hour. And, uh, you know, then, you know, it just takes, like we've talked about after the previous debates, just you got to get the right buzzwords in there. You know, you talk a little bit about daddy's loan, you know, and you just start to chip away. But uh, Drexel, your overall thoughts, moderator, performance of both candidates. Uh, I thought that, I mean, I agree with everybody. Chris Wallace was definitely the winner of the debate. I mean, if, but I think what the culmination of basically Donald Trump's entire campaign boiled down to is how he closed out the debate, uh, defending himself and not his actual policies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, Hillary Clinton, you know, she knows what... It, if you know your policies, yeah, you're going to hear the same things over and over from Hillary Clinton because she's going to say the same thing because she is going to drill into the American people's heads exactly what she plans on doing. Um, I thought that Donald Trump was fine at the beginning um, when the bar is set so low you're going to be fine but also at the same time he didn't feel like he had to be defensive with somebody from Fox News so him going in with a moderator that he felt comfortable with who didn't who he did not think was going to attack him yeah. but it turned out that Chris Wallace turned the tables quite a mm-hmm. bit um, yeah. uh, during the debate and and that's when you really started to see Trump say oh well maybe I'm now being attacked by Chris Wallace who is asking unfair questions um, or or, his um, father was a much better father, journalist right, than he was. Right. We'll so, hear that at some point and, and, tomorrow. And, and, yeah. Right, and, and and the debate's rigged, and and he probably should have had uh, you know um, Sean Hannity up there. So he was a bad hombre. He was a bad, bad hombre. hombre. Oh, bad. There'll be plenty of talk about hombres. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, I think that uh, it, there there are a lot of particulars. And uh, Alexis, if you could get our uh, esteemed colleague, Mister Stephen Helmkamp, on the line, he. Was not at the debate, but he's in Las Vegas. He was near the debate. He was actually, debate adjacent. He was debate adjacent. So I'm sure, uh, sitting at the lounge at Trump, whatever. Yeah, no, no. I think that uh, he uh, was basically there, uh, rubbing shoulders or elbows or what do you rub when? Uh, well, it's Vegas, so a little bit. So uh, joining us now from uh, the uh, no from Sin City himself, uh, Mr. Stephen Helmkamp on Twitter at Stephen Helmkamp. Stephen. Your thoughts on uh, the scene, the spectacle there uh, in Las Vegas? All right, all right, all right. I'll <laughs> tell you what, guys. It is uh, the energy. In, I'm here in the Trump lobby right now. I should have taken uh, a bet. Trump Tower, <laughs> and it's insane. We tried to take a cab. We did take a cab to the University of Las Vegas and tried to get in denied. We tried to find the public viewing station, which their TV was shut down, so we Ubered it back to the hotel. We missed the first first little segment of the debate, but we're, we're here in the lobby watching it, and um, it, was, it was insane. I mean, every person in the room is big-time pro-Trump. Um, Shocking. Right. Group here. Let me ask. Let Black me ask you an important. Let me ask you an a, important question, Stephen. Uh, if you went over to the uh, sports book, were they setting a line on how many times Trump used the word bigly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. If that I, line was created I, or not, I took. I, I so. took the over. We're yeah. we're waiting for their arrival right now. Um, there's a lot of motorcades pulling up and some unidentified people sitting coming out of the cars, but it looks like the family, the sons are going to be coming out. So when I first oh. got to the hotel, I jumped on the elevator, and Kellyanne Conway jumped on with me, and I started talking to her about AfterBuzz and our show, and how I am one versus four, <laughs> and she got a great laugh out of that and said, I know the feeling. <laughs> so she was, 
She was great. And then Don Jr. was downstairs taking photos with some people and got rushed away by his wife. She totally took control of him. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a crazy scene here. Uh, any sightings of Tiffany Trump by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> no, but her assistant is standing right next to me, actually. The assistant to Tiffany Trump. Tiffany. I know. Why would she have the assistant is. Yeah, she is. Probably somebody but to handle I'll her tell you what, request. man, all in all, this debate, I'm not sure what you guys thought, but I think Trump looked pretty strong in this debate. I felt like this was probably his best performance yet. Not because I'm being biased because I'm here right now and the whole room was <laughs> applauding and whatnot. But honestly, just from my perspective, I really felt like he kicked her butt up and down. Um, I, I do feel like his performance is going to sway the, the small percentage of undecided. But we'll see, you know, how that uh, looks on November 8th. What do you think of the job that uh, Chris Wallace did? Because that's sort of what we focused on in the, the first few minutes here of the show. Yeah, I thought Chris Wallace was great. There was a lot of hype for him. A lot of people were excited about it. He was the first uh, Fox News contributor to, to do moderate a debate. Um, I thought he did a really good job. I thought that Hillary started to pivot off of some of his questions, and she would, he would stop her and be more direct about what the question was and try to keep her on message. I thought he did the same thing for Trump. He let him riff a little bit, but he also kept it in line and he calmed the audience down. I felt like he um, just had great points. I felt like he kept it moving. I liked at the end that he talked about entitlement, which hasn't been talked about yet. I mean, he covered the debt. He covered a lot of things. Um, I love that he brought up the Haiti deal with Clinton. Oh, of course he and did. And she did not have a clear answer for it. And she pivoted, but I love that he even brought it up. So I think that a lot of the American people got to have their voices heard tonight by some of the questions that Chris Wallace Uh, Do you uh, find it uh, that there was a a fair amount from both candidates where they pivoted away? Uh, Case in point, uh, former... uh, Whoa, boy. There's there's really a party there. Are are you out at the pool at the Hard Rock? The the clothing optional pool, Stephen? I I noticed you didn't let us connect on video. But uh, anyway, look, uh, there were definitely comments, you know, specifically... Uh, Trump going out of his way to to not explicitly point out the fact that he doesn't really want Roe versus Wade overturned. Uh, a few issues like that that uh, jumped out, some things that I was looking at on Twitter. Uh, but ultimately, do you feel like Chris Wallace was able to get at least decent answers from two very evasive candidates? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. I mean, I feel like he did a really great job. I would have loved to see him moderate all the debates. I think he did a really good job. He did it argue and debate back, Yeah, you know, like our previous moderators did. I felt like he just did a really sound job. I felt like he was neutral and uh, did really well. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. What, what did you guys think of the performances and Chris Wallace himself? Uh, well, you should have been watching the first few minutes of the show while you were there. But uh, in general, to, to in summation, we uh, thought that he did a great job. And uh, we feel like, you know, Trump came off the best from the three debates, but only really in the first portion before mm-hmm. uh, Hillary was able to say that he choked when he <laughs> met the uh, the Mexican president. And he was able to, you know, get back into a little bit more composure, but it was sort of, you know, the uh, he was a little bit unraveled from that point onward. Mm-hmm. But, I'd like uh, to know what Stephen... I didn't see the I didn't see that beginning part, but... I, if that's where you said he was the strongest, wow. I mean, I think he was great 
throughout what I saw the last okay. two thirds. I mean, Where there did was he a... choke towards the end? Well, no, uh, no, no, because no. she said that he choked when he met the uh, Mexican president, and that uh, that upset him. Gotcha. And you know, as we've talked about here on the show, if you mentioned the the uh, fifteen million dollar debt from Daddy, which he says is only one, and some other facts say it was only eight. Uh, you know, there's things like that. Uh, and, you know, there were just some awkward moments when, you know, uh, Chris Wallace stated a fact. Trump said, thank you. And it just threw off. The, he's like, uh, OK, sir. You know, it was just very awkward back and forth. Uh, and there's a bit of a hiss behind you, Stephen. So uh, we are going to let you go in a minute. But in general, I don't know what he thinks of Trump not uh, agreeing. To yeah, yeah. The results. that's that's a great point, Chelsea. Did you hear Chelsea's question? Go ahead. That's uh, <laughs> Specifically, uh, it was the fact that when asked, "Will you respect the decision on election day?" and he talked, Chris Wallace talked about the peaceful transition of power, and Trump said, uh, "I'm going to keep you. Get, I'm going to keep you in suspense. Uh, I'll take a look at it on the day. I'll let you know then." So he did not say that. Uh, so he set himself up for possible lawsuits and recounts and saying that it's rigged. Uh, and he is the first candidate that's ever said anything like that, at least candidate for president. So uh, Chelsea's question to you is, what did you think about that response from at real Donald Trump? <laughs> I think that everyone knows that that there is a lot of bias in media. I think what that a lot of kind stories of- <laughs> are put out there without being verified. So when Trump <sighs> made that comment, I think it just goes in play with what he's been saying, that it's rigged, that we saw what came out in the WikiLeaks with the DNC going after Bernie. We've seen Hillary Clinton's campaign go and start violence at these rallies like the one in Chicago. (laughs) So it totally falls into that whole Uh bit that a lot of this is swayed one way. Absolutely. So when he made that comment of, we'll see when we get there, I don't think that's going to shake anybody who's on the fence of oh, my God, he's not going to have an easy transition of power. Yeah, he will, but he's just pissed of, of what's going on. And I'm telling you, this is the uproar. This is why he has millions and millions of people voting for him. It's because people know that there's corruption in government, and Hillary Clinton is the founder of that. Oh, dear God, wow. that's a whole other level. We have a lot of voices. Stephen, finish your thought, and then Drexel wants to chime in. That's it. Okay. Go ahead. All right. I I, I, I think at this point it's time to let Stephen go. um, Because I'm not. (laughs) Do you have anything specific to say? No, no, because I I think that, you know, uh, I don't want to hurt Stephen's feelings, so I'm just not going to say anything. (laughs) So uh, I think we can actually move on to the actual issues of the actual debate. But I will will say this I understand the frustration about corruption. I've been talking about that from the beginning. That's been Bernie's whole deal for why he ran for president but to say that Hillary started it and that Trump has any solutions for it is just false and it makes me think that you're a little cuckoo. Right, there, I'm just going to say I'm glad he's in Vegas because he's in fantasy land, clearly. So he's not <laughs> well, in reality right now, Stephen. I, mean, I, I, think, I don't think there's anything you know, fantastical there. about you know, seeing that it's a corrupt system. And right, you know, get that. I, I think that millions, as he's talking about, millions of Americans do have these very specific concerns about Hillary Clinton. Uh, if they didn't, she'd be polling the way where Hillary... <laughs> exactly. If they didn't have the concerns, there wouldn't be a question about Haiti and her pay-for-play and her Clinton Foundation on a national stage 
of a 2016 presidential election. Okay. If well, millions uh, of people well, didn't okay. think so, they wouldn't bring it up in this debate. I, I think, no. I think, so, yes, I it's think, there. It's happening. Here's a, here's a, Sheldon, here's, I know you agree with me on this asset. Here's, here's it's, the thing. It's I, going I, on. I, I will, I'm not going to say I agree with you on, on no. anything because I'd be very afraid of what might be implied by that. But just because <laughs> there's corruption yeah. going on on some level doesn't mean everything is so corrupt that it's unreliable well, and that Trump nobody has said any that. solution. Nobody said that everything is corrupt. Well, and, but, but that's if what you're, it, you're saying with the election results. That Hillary started it. How, how yeah, in the world ridiculous. can you say that Hillary started okay, it? Okay, I means- misspoke. Hillary is a major oh, part of it. He's correct. He's a major part of it. All right, well, uh, Drexel, I have a final comment to you, Stephen. Here's the thing that I don't think that folks like Stephen quite understand is that where Hillary Clinton is in this point of the election uh, surpasses where Barack Obama was at this point in the election Mm -hmm. uh, in both uh, 2008 and 2012. So I think Hillary Clinton is doing a fine job where she is right now in terms of polling. Uh, she's polling in she's polling in in uh, states that uh, 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 that she really shouldn't be polling in. Uh, tied in, in in states like Georgia and Utah um, with Evan McMullen, who will will I know we're, we're talking to somebody later. So for Stephen, Alaska, wait, Texas, Alaska, Texas. So I mean, so on. for Stephen to be in this again this fantasy sure. land like well, uh, Chelsea brought up to think that um, that something. About Haiti is going to somehow change this election in the next two weeks uh, is just a fantasy. Uh, 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 itself. Moving away from that, before we let you go, Stephen, uh, Chelsea, that was a little off point. Chelsea has That's a. Well, this is, this is definitely what your comment right, was. This is a little <laughs> bit off point too, but we didn't have you with us last week, so uh, Chelsea wants to ask your thoughts on a very specific issue that definitely dominated our last show. But because you weren't here, she wants to know your thoughts. Chelsea, please ask Stephen your question. Did Donald Trump admit to sexual assault when he said, I do what I want, basically, with women? Um, of, of course, you know, paraphrasing, but the, the tapes that came out. Well, was, with the nine accusers, I mean, there's no, no, obviously no, no, no. Some I'm talking about there. the Access with Hollywood those, tape. With all those women coming forward like that, I definitely think there's some truth there. Right, but sure. specifically to the uh, to the accuser, not to the accuser, sorry, the to words. the Access Hollywood tape. Uh, you're, the P word. Do you think grab him by that, you know say, that grab him by the pussy? Uh, oh. Do you think that yeah, that was horrible? Would, of course, I, it's awful. I and think it's. Do, it's and do you do you think that that's him admitting or uh, supporting uh, physical how sexual did you put assault? It? Sexual assault uh, towards. I women. mean, I think it's. I think it's admitting it. I think it's. I don't know if he's. I think it's. Yeah, I would say yes. Okay. To answer your question. And and you're and so you're comfortable voting for a man who admits to sexual. I love how you women. love to imply all these things. I'm, it's a question. Just, like strong argument. I've never endorsed him. I've never said I'm voting for him. Well, oh. I've never no, he, he, said that's any true, of that. Right? He's never said any of that. Well, Stephen, you'll, uh, we'll have plenty of time next week. Uh, so to that, answer that, your question, the answer is no, right. but you're asking the wrong question because I've never, I've never said that. The, uh, the, so, it's the, right, so you're not voting for him? I don't know who I'm voting for, but I'll <laughs> tell you that We've got I live in weeks. California. Hillary Clinton has California won, but out of good conscience, I'm looking at the Green Party. I'm looking at Miss Jill Stein. I may be with her in, in green. Well, if you watch the second okay. half of our show, you'll yep. find out a lot more about Evan McMullen, uh, who we're going to talk okay, to. He's not uh, even on the ballot in California. That's all right. He'll, can, he'll learn can, more, yes, and so can, can our, our viewers. Uh, Stephen, uh, we will have you uh, back here in studio next week. Uh, have fun in Vegas. And, you know, uh, on our next show, 
you will not be alone on the couch of descent because uh, our friend Michael Hausen will return next Tuesday. So uh, there'll be the two of you next Wednesday. Uh, no, uh, it's the next show that we oh, have, Tuesday, which yeah. is Tuesday. <laughs> um, but there's an issue on the time, which we'll talk about at the end of the show. Anyway, Stephen, <laughs> thanks for taking time out of your uh, Vegas vacation. Uh, say hi to. Uh, to the Trumps when you uh, run into them. Uh, and we got a motorcade rolling up right and now. If you see <laughs> we'll Kellyanne Conway again, uh, have her uh, have her come on the show next week. Uh, all right, thank you, Stephen <laughs> at Stephen Helmkamp, and uh, we'll uh, talk amongst ourselves thank for you a few guys. minutes. Thank you. Go have a great show. Text great us night. any video that you get. Yeah, if you get any video, we'll uh, post it online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we'll tweet it out. I was going to say we'll post it on our Facebook page, and I'm like, wait. We don't have one of those. <laughs> Do the kids even like Facebook anymore? I don't know. Uh, but uh, make sure you check out our MySpace. Uh, so, uh, in addition to uh, the overall performance on the debate, we did touch on the very serious comments by Mr. Trump that uh, he he's not saying that he won't respect the results if he doesn't win, but he's leaving the door open uh, as a... Uh, are you a recovering lawyer, Chelsea? Or is that's that, a fair statement. That's how you put mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like that's just a simple matter of leaving the door open for legal challenges and recounts no, if it seems close? You can say that. I, if it's close and I was faced in like an Al Gore situation, I might take those steps. Short of that, I will accept the results. So not... Oh, so mm-hmm. short of that. So he, he could have said that. Yeah, but, but you, do you think that explicit. Do you think he's mm-hmm. not saying it specifically for that reason? Whether or not what you would say, do you feel like that's why he's not saying, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna respect the result? Uh, no, because I, I think he will, you know, bend it and come up with some sort of reason that somebody, you know, rigged it and it was really his and he doesn't accept it. Because if he accepts it, then he has to accept that he may be a loser. Wow. Yeah. But, but uh, I mean, I think what people mm-hmm. forget is that when Donald Trump has been talking about this what's been rigged he's very specifically talking about inner cities where he always tries to bring up in like closing statements where if he talks about you know African Americans he talks about the inner cities I love the African Americans I love the Latinos Uh, but if you've noticed in his speeches he targets very specific cities Philadelphia Chicago um, very predominantly black cities so he's not really talking about it being rigged in uh um, Los, state, Angeles. Los Angeles or any of the other uh, predominantly white or states. Suburban. Right. Or yeah, suburban. Exactly. So he feels as if minorities are going to steal this election from him. And that's what he means. He's telling his supporters, particularly his white supporters, that minorities will be stealing this election from you. And I've said it. I say it a hundred times. I stand by it. At the end of this election, Hillary Clinton is elected. The white male majority will continue to be the minority, and that is what Donald Trump is afraid of. He mm-hmm. is afraid that women and African Americans and Latinos and gays, and that's what his supporters are afraid of, will run the country as they as we should because we are the minor the majority mm-hmm. at that point, and that is what they're afraid of. They're afraid of losing that power, and that is what the Trump campaign has mm-hmm. been all about. It's a little dog whistle that you know you keep talking about, and it's, it is definitely true. Well, then that probably means... Which is probably why Steven's going to stay in Vegas. (laughs) I mean, why would you leave, you know? Uh, I literally ran out of Vegas when I I was there, but I was like, please get me out of here. (laughs) Vegas is a great place for a weekend, but then when you're there for a week, all of a sudden you're like, I I think I I just smell like... I need to see the sun again. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, there... uh, So obviously that was a a fairly major comment, but we want to know what uh, everybody who's watching right now, uh, if we could bring up the chat... I'm watching, I'm watching, and I'm watching. 
watching it. I'm watching You're the right, chat he's right watching now. the chat. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you want to share? I, I, I was. I mean, it's it's pretty contentious right now in the chat room between a few because Stephen was on, and um, every time Stephen talks, people get upset or they say. I, I you will go say girl. this, Olivia. Oh, as since Stephen's, um, uh, she said Stephen is the perfect reflection of Trump voters saying one thing and completely contradicting themselves. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, I mean, as he points out, he's not a Trump voter. But here's the problem with with folks like Stephen, and I say this all the time, and I love Stephen as a friend. Obviously, we disagree quite a bit. Um, but um, he doesn't really like you've never heard Stephen say I agree with this policy on anything whether or not he agrees with the Hillary Clinton policy whether or not he agrees with the Jill Stein policy whether or not he agrees with the Donald Trump policy it is always anti-Hillary but it's never pro anybody or anything and that's the problem with a lot of Trump voters that they're never going to win an argument based on um, policy or how to better themselves. Well, we can have that conversation with Stephen when he's here, although I do feel like he felt very comfortable with the Trump budget plan uh, versus Hillary's, but we'll let him speak to that. <laughs> uh, he but, must be making over, well over... Uh, uh, and, and and no, Mike, Stephen is not from Vegas, but uh, he, he's just no, there. He's, he's just, yeah, he's from Florida. Yes. Uh, much as our, our next guest <laughs> and, and Scott and uh, they're they're taking over. And uh, but and we want to know. Embrace. We want to know what everybody <laughs> thinks uh, in terms of uh, what Donald Trump had to say about uh, the the possible results. Uh, of course, thanks, the Jeff. M- most outrageous thing that uh, he said during the course of the debate, Donald Trump, that he should have won an Emmy for <laughs> The Apprentice. Everybody knows that uh, The Amazing Race is a much better show. Watch it's it turn ridiculous. out better with Schwarzenegger. Uh, Watch him just like melt down when the ratings for that show. It's another foreigner coming to steal our jobs. Yeah, there you go. Uh, And uh, what did Jeff Graham say? The problem is that conservatives don't have a candidate this year. It's absolutely true. Which will be reflected by our guest that we'll have in a few moments. And I think they do have a candidate in Evan McMullen. I mean, as for things that I've seen, he's been on MSNBC in the past week. He's been on CNN. I've, you know, I mean, I would never vote for him because I don't agree with him. But I think that he is a conservative candidate. At the same time, when people say conservative candidates, you look at at Mike Pence and Democrats did not do a very good job this season of dismantling Mike Pence. Donald Trump is very scary. But Mike Pence is even scarier. And that is what conservative candidates and conservative policies, that is the epitome of a conservative candidate. And that is equally as dangerous as anything else that Donald Trump has said this entire campaign. So uh, we don't need an entire laundry list, but if you were to pick two or three things about Mike Pence that you think <laughs> make him scarier than Donald Trump, I think that there might be people watching right now that you know might not think that there's anything scarier than Donald Trump. So what are what do you personally feel are much scarier things about Mike Pence? Um, I think his record on women's issues mm-hmm. and, and the way that he has uh, governed the state of Indiana on that on women's issues. Um, obviously, we know Mike Pence uh, from his record on LGBT rights. Right. Um, you're talking about a candidate who started the whole um, uh, freedom of religious bill and, and it ended up getting uh, slapped back on him. And then he tried to defend it. And then he continues to try to defend that uh, position. And uh, it is not right for the state of Indiana and it is not right for America. And I think when you, uh, when you are backing a candidate like Donald Trump in terms of policies on immigration, that's where Mike Pence has stood as a, as a congressman. That is where he stands uh, now, his record on foreign policy. Yeah, he voted for the Iraq war just like Hillary Clinton. So... You've, he's got some um, 
some foreign policy blunders on, under his belt as well. So I think that people really have to look at what a conservative actually means, and does that mean religious, or does that mean economically conservative? Because he has not, he has also not helped the state of Indiana on his no. economic policy. He, so that's that's really what it comes down to. Go ahead. Well, Scott. No, I was going to say, and also a big thing to me was when he was defunding um, AIDS uh, research and everything in the state as well. But the point is, is if you look at his record and you see right now, he was not going to win re-election, or if he did, it was going to be a very tough fight for governor. So this was an easy way for him to escape. And you see the Democratic candidate for governor there winning by huge numbers. And uh, same thing for uh, the the Senate race right now, also turning Democratic. And the presidential race is definitely tightened up, and that's his home state. So you can see that he's actually not very popular there in his own home state from his own policies and what he's done for Indiana and has not worked. And I'm really surprised that Hillary Clinton, she mentioned uh, Judge Curiel today, Mm -hmm. and I'm really surprised that they have not linked the fact that Judge Curiel is from Indiana with Mike Pence. If you, if Hillary got there and said, you know, Judge Curiel, like mm-hmm. from Mike Pence is Indiana, mm-hmm. bang, bang, bang. That's all she needed to say. And they haven't really done a great job, neither Tim Kaine or Hillary Clinton, of linking Mike Pence back to the Republican Party. And Barack Obama, when he came out, he gave a big speech about where the Republican Party actually is on issues. The Clinton campaign has not done a really good job of reminding the American people whose policies are really disastrous for America. And that is the Republican platform in, in terms of how they have governed from 2010 into 2016. You heard John McCain talk about, um, you know, not affir- uh, appointing, uh, confirming any Hillary Clinton judges. That is that is the obstruction that the Republican Party has uh, done, which is why they haven't put a, a plan a forth a plan for Ob- repealing Obamacare, which is why they haven't put a, an infrastructure package on the floor, which is why they haven't put a budget on the floor. Uh, so, I mean, you could talk about this stuff all day that Republicans have not been able to govern because they've been too busy trying to uh, slap back the you first know, black president. You sort of uh, made me think of an interesting point that, uh, you know, the Clinton campaign hasn't done a good job of presenting issues, mostly because there are so many distractions that every week there's no, another... No, 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 there's no. Wait, 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 I'm just wait, wait, wait. saying. No, 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 no. They can't even get on, down to I it. I don't want people to, to misinterpret. The Clinton campaign has done a great job of bringing up the actual issues and the actual policies. You right. heard that from Secretary Clinton today. On the issues, when I talk about issues, when you say issues, I'm hoping you're talking about attack issues on other candidates because that is what they have a trouble doing. They don't have a problem of Hillary Clinton doesn't have a problem getting up there and actually saying, hey, I stand here, I stand here, I stand here. Here's my policy on this, this, that, and the third. And we all know that. But to say that they don't she might say it. It, it. The point is, it's not resonating with right. people it's because of all the distractions. Right. That's what no, I'm saying. That, it's like she can say all she yeah. wants to. It's not connecting because each week there's something else. You know, last week it was Billy Bush. Now we have, you know, the allegations. Uh, apparently they all lied. But uh, apparently they've been debunked. But, you know, so there, you know, there, every week there's something else. Uh, I'd like to get our other guest, uh, Sarah Rumpf, in a mm-hmm. moment because I want to uh, talk to her about Evan McMullen. Uh, while we uh, get connected with her, uh, Chelsea, I very specific, I made a note, and you can even see I wrote your name because mm-hmm. I want to ask you this. Uh, Hillary uh, said that, uh, you know, uh, the question from Chris Wallace was that donors to the Clinton Foundation got special access and, uh, you know, about pay to play how do you feel like she addressed those concerns that's always been a major issue for you so that's why i wrote your name next to it do you feel like she uh calmed down those fears at all or you still feel exactly the no, same she's way kind of skated over them what they weren't specifically addressed but she doesn't need to because trump is in such a bad place that she doesn't she's not forced to really tackle these 
bigger, scarier issues, she could have walked herself down a dangerous path and led the conversation that we were all talking about into that subject. She's just better, you know, sailing right over it, kind of ignoring it, um, which is a little bit frustrating because I would like to hear about it. But then I understand the tactic is don't bring up something new. Don't get into something that is just a no-win issue for her. So I think the good thing that we Bernie supporters know, we know exactly what we're getting when we vote for Hillary. And so we'll elect her and then <laughs> fight her or push her uh, as much push as we can. Push her in a more Bernie-like direction. Yes, is, and, I, and speaking of Bernie, Bernie, I thought it was a very uh, fun fact. I hope it is a fact that <laughs> Paul Ryan came out and said that if the Senate flips to Democrats, that Bernie Sanders will be the uh, chairperson of the, of the Senate Budget Committee. Correct, which would allow him to have a lot of power and say over where our money is goes. Is it because he's an independent? I actually don't know what, what, why is why here's, was that. Here's the We're thing: just saying if he would actually he can, be in that position, he right, can steer the Clinton budget to what they've agreed on, and I think that that is very important. Um, I don't think that Paul Ryan would have made. Paul Ryan is a very Politicians are very calculated. I don't think that Paul Ryan made that comment off the cuff. I think he made I don't that know comment. That he's ever I made a comment he, off the cuff. But I think he Ryan. made that comment because he really wants Donald Trump to lose this election. And I think the only way to do that is to really engage the Bernie supporters and give them hope it that Bernie... Smart. It was very smart. To give them hope that... Uh, Bernie will be the chairman. Now, I've said that Bernie will be a great chairman of the Senate Budget Committee. Either him or Elizabeth Warren, fine, whatever. I don't care who's at the top. But um, the, you know, I, I think that uh, Bernie Sanders. Uh, what, what were we talking about before that? <laughs> I forgot because we were talking well, about Bernie we're Sanders. Talking we were talking about the uh, access for the Clinton access Foundation. Right. So yeah. one of the things that I have not a, access Hollywood. That right. was last week. One of the things that I have a. Knowing politics, and we're all kind of political science nerds or whatever, uh, is that we have a have an understanding of how uh, things actually work. One of the things that has kind of been debunked when the the AP kind of rolled out their whole thing on the Clinton Foundation um, was that a lot of the access was kind of didn't really go anywhere. They kind of hit a wall. Like either she had that conversation with them, and a problem is that people don't understand that the Democratic circle is very small. So if you're a donor. Chances are you're probably going to have a conversation with many people. Sure. Um, but one of the things that I find, find interesting is that, and Hillary Clinton didn't bring it up in terms of uh, access to the State Department, is how this, how the White House has stayed so dry this whole election. Like, nobody brings up the White House at all. Nobody says, hey, but the White House approved this deal. And that's how it is. And, you know, the White House, you know, it came out last week. Or if you talk about emails, you're like, well, Barack Obama was probably emailing with Secretary Clinton. Like, mm -hmm. how is the White House state out of this <laughs> is what I want to know. And I'm pretty sure there was a deal that said, listen, don't you bring up the White House because <laughs> you really don't want uh, a problem with that. So yeah. um, I always find it interesting that the White House, that Hillary Clinton either hasn't thrown the White House under the bus <laughs> or there was really nothing going on. Because there was no doubt in my mind that the Obama White House knew everything that Clinton's state, state, uh, Secretary of uh, uh, State Department was doing. Uh, right. So, uh, Alexis, right. if you could get uh, Sarah Rumpf at Rumpfshaker on the phone, that would be great. And uh, we'll uh, talk to her. That is and not uh, a joke. That is no, really that, she's her at Rumpfshaker. And I love that she's at Rumpfshaker. Yes, uh, so, uh, I, I guess we're connecting with her, and we'll first uh, have she, Scott explain she, how he knows oh, her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, that's the nice thing about the Skype graphic. You can see it, like, flashing, but you're not, you know it's not connected yet. Wait, before... But, we, she 
she is. I'm sorry. She's me. a former attorney from Florida. Uh, has worked on many conservative Republican uh, Ooh, campaigns. Almost was really a fan with the but, retired word. <laughs> <laughs> conservative. Yes, yeah. Yeah. but a little, yeah. she's yeah. been a never Trump from the beginning. So it's uh, very Please. exciting to get Hello, her, uh, her perspective. Oh, 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 leave a message. Denied. Hello. Oh, oh no. no. Yeah. You want to be. Uh, all right, now I'm going to have to defer. Okay, okay. so yeah, Alexis will try again. We're calling. And uh, Scott will text her. I, I just want to bring up something that Jeff said because I'm watching it in the chat room. Is yes. that, uh, you know. You have the secret chat. Why can't we see room. his secret <laughs> chat? Is that uh, he said that, uh, you know, we talked about the nasty comment that Hillary Clinton, that, that Donald Trump brought. At the very end. She's a nasty end. woman. Yeah. Right. Um, and and he said that uh, Trump's biggest blunder tonight for someone trying to escape accusation of misogyny, he called Hill a nasty woman, huge mistake. Which will and, and people have said, I've read it on Twitter, I've read it on Facebook, that that will resonate with women yes, across the board. And tonight, I thought that Hillary Clinton had one of her realest moments probably of the entire yes. campaign when she talked about how women feel when, high on the line, when <laughs> men, <laughs> when men um, belittle them. Uh, try to talk over them, try right. to do anything uh, in that line. And that was really, I was like, like I think the entire room was like very quiet and like yeah. very focused on what she was saying and it was a very real moment for her. Uh, hi, uh, Sarah, are you there? Moment. Yeah. Oh, Uh-oh. what was that? Oh, okay. Disconnected. All but right. I was, what I was going to say is that Trump's uh, insults were not just aimed at women, they were also aimed at bad hombres. Well, I'm glad you <laughs> yes. mentioned that because uh, I did uh, want to talk about that and uh, I, I forgot I meant to make a note to uh, introduce you to the audience as our resident hombre, uh, which now technically you said okay. it means that you're hungry. Yeah, the yes. way we pronounce hombre is men, yes. hombre is hungry. So he's he's got some angry hunger. And probably tomorrow Bad. he'll say he'll say I knew that I knew what it meant. My pool guy tells me what that word means. <laughs> you know, he'll probably say something along those lines. Um, yeah, so that was I, when I he mean, was talking about immigration, about uh, the drug lords. They're 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 bad hombres. Yeah, you know, uh, one of the uh, one of the things that I think was most interesting, and it doesn't just because I'm mentioning the end of the debate doesn't mean we're done talking about it. But uh, I liked the way you know this is again more credit to Chris Wallace, but uh, that they neither candidate had agreed to closing statements. So what he did was, uh, hey, let's uh, have you uh, give us a uh, closing statement. And I actually think they both did a good job in summarizing, you know, what it is that uh, they're offering people. I mean, they both are basically speaking to their base. I feel like every time that uh, Trump speaks, he's uh, basically just, you know, sort of literally preaching to the choir. I don't know. I, I I disagree with the esteemed Stephen Helmkamp that uh, he's swaying the, the, large numbers the of The only thing voters. that he said that I uh, really had to go, what? Yeah, that was right. His very first statement in his closing statement, which was she's raising the money from the people that she wants to control. This is the only valid point that I thought that he had. Good thing that she is not running for dictator and that it's, you know, Congress and, you know, down ballot that the Democrats are hopefully becoming more progressive and they're becoming uh, aware of the problems of the corruption and are going to do something about it. So uh, 
it's not just Hillary. She gets elected in uh, as president and passes whatever laws and uh, represents only the special interest because it's a it's a balance, you know, three way right. balance: executive, legislative, and judicial. I don't think people know this, especially Trump, because he thinks that Hillary, since she's been around for thirty years, should have single handedly been able to accomplish everything she desired. There were to a accomplish. lot of things she should have done in the Senate uh, unilaterally. Uh, Drexel, mm-hmm. were you about to make a point? And we'll, uh, I, I was I was just going to say I thought that Hillary, you know, this is the third time that Donald Trump has talked about or second or third time that Donald Trump has brought up the fact that Hillary has been um, a legislature in her career um, and this was a missed opportunity for Hillary Clinton to school Donald Trump on how the government actually works on national television. Yes! And right, so, exactly. you know, I thought, well, let's, I thought let's that she should have... Let's tidy up that thought because our, our guest should have done is here. Uh, Sarah Ruff, uh, thank you for joining here. us here yeah, on uh, Trump vs. Hillary. Uh, now, uh, let's uh, give sort of basically the one or two uh, sentence description of your background and what you're doing now. And uh, I have in my notes here, there's apparently someone named Evan McMullen running for president. <laughs> Aww. Yes, he is. Wow. Yes, he is. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm originally from Orlando, which Woo-hoo. is how I know Scott. Hi, Scott. Hi. And uh, <laughs> I now live in Austin, Texas. I love and, that accent um, already. <laughs> I have been working on the Evan McMullen campaign. I'm the digital communications director. So if you like the stuff we're tweeting and putting on Facebook, then yay. And if you don't <laughs> like it, then it must have been an intern. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but we're we're having a good time. We've got two, uh, we our, our presidential candidate, Evan, and our vice presidential candidate, uh, Mindy, Mindy Finn, are both positive, intelligent very good, devoted people and are a lot nicer than anybody that was on stage tonight, and we're having a great time. Um, un- <laughs> unlike either of the people on the stage tonight, uh, apparently Evan McMullen is a conservative. Yes. <laughs> well, so that is very yes. much not something that we saw tonight during the debate. Uh, and at what point in this process did you, uh, obviously, you know, you're you're working for this campaign, but uh, as the uh, primaries went along, at what point did you start to realize that the party was going in a direction that uh, was not something that you were comfortable supporting? Well, um, just, just to give you kind of some background on where I am politically, I some issues I'm pretty libertarian and some issues I'm very conservative. So there's a lot of issues that I may not exactly agree with somebody, but I'd rather just the states handle it. If, you know, for example, if, if Massachusetts wants to set up their own government health care plan, then that's fine. I wouldn't want to vote for that in Texas, but if Massachusetts wants it, let them do it. And and Evan actually lines up a lot with with that kind of philosophy um, on a lot of issues. So I, I supported Marco Rubio in the primary. I knew him from Florida. I really liked his story. I liked the fact that he, he was, he's a very positive kind of person. He wants to put ideas forward. He'd done some really good policy work when he was Speaker of the Florida House. Um, I'm a big political nerd. I was looking forward to the Republican debate, thinking I was going to see Rand Paul and Ted Cruz arguing over the limits of security versus privacy. Um, you know, we, we've got some great inspirational people and get some different perspectives. And instead, it ended up this tabloid clown show. Yeah, um, no, no. Instead, you got to hear Donald <laughs> Trump talk about his small hands and how, you know, they're actually not that oh. small. Don't worry about it. Believe yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, look, I can see how that was very discouraging. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I, in terms of conservatives that I know, you know, Rand Paul is someone that they're very excited about, you know, just in terms of him 
being the kind of candidate that they wanted to see. And uh, it feels, literally, it feels like a lifetime ago that Rand Paul was running for president because, you know, very quickly it came down to only a few candidates. And I think that uh, a lot of people's favorites were gone by the point that it was really uh, Trump and Cruz. Uh, so uh, now I, I actually literally didn't know this until our co-host uh, Drexel mentioned it. So even if uh, someone like myself wanted to vote for Evan McMullen, I guess here in California we cannot vote for you him. Can put him. You can write him you in. Can write no, him in. not true. You can write him in. Okay. You can write him in. Write him in. And, yes. and, People, people have been a little skeptical of that, but but let me let me tell you what I'm seeing um, from from our online universe. Um, Evans on the ballot in, in 11 states. We're getting some crazy momentum. He's going to be a approved write-in candidate in all but about five or six states. California is an approved write-in state. You can write him in, and it will legally count. Um, a couple years ago, Alaskans managed to write in Lisa Murkowski and elect her to Senate as an independent. Murkowski is a lot harder to spell. There is very little time. <laughs> and Alaska has very strict rules, or at least they did at the time, that you had to spell it perfectly. The vast majority of states allow intent of the voter. Um, so even some minor spelling errors will still be counted. And I've already been making up some cute little memes and songs <laughs> right into win with Mick Mullen. Because it's spelled I-N, not E-N. Um, <laughs> That's true. And we're seeing, you know, the poll after poll is showing that whether you're Democrat, Republican, Independent, that America is horrified by Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And once again, we watched a debate where they fight over who's the bigger liar, who's more corrupt, who has been responsible for the abuse of more women. I mean, this is horrifying. Um, and then we have Evan, who served our country doing some major serious stuff with the CIA, is absolutely a policy wonk, is dedicated to the idea that people should be able to succeed and have the American dream and is talking about these positive things that I really believe in and I'm excited to talk about. And it's just so refreshing. I we we without spending a penny over the past week or so, we've been getting over two million a reach of over two million people on Facebook every single day without spending a dime. That's completely organic, and it's just going up. We're well, we're getting flooded with media well, requests, Sarah, that, um, and it's not just in Utah. This right, is a national right. thing. Well, that we're Sarah, saying. that's great to hear. Uh, we did get to you late, and we only have a, a few minutes left. Uh, so, what I want to mention is uh, at Evan underscore McMullen, and uh, also at T McMullen. Uh, Drexel, did you have a point for Sarah directly? I, I, I just had a couple questions. First of all, Lisa Murkowski only won with thirty nine percent of the vote in Alaska during that write-in vote. So, I mean, <laughs> right, but, but, but she still won as a right. It's a right. It is. Right. But hundred thousand cool. votes isn't going to sway a whole state. However, um, my question <laughs> about Evan McMullen is: Why didn't he run for Senate, or why didn't he run for an open congressional seat in the state of Utah if he really wants well, to is, make legislative change? Yeah. No. This is this is a great story. Um, so he has spent his whole life not seeking the spotlight. I mean, if you think about what a CIA well, undercover a officer is, that's the exact opposite <laughs> yeah. of trying to be noticed. Um, this effort has actually been several months in the planning before you ever heard his name. Um, a friend of mine, Rick Wilson, who is one of the main uh, strategic advisors, and Joel Sturby, who's a pollster out of Gainesville, Florida, they were putting together a plan. There was a pact called Better for America that was working on ballot access. Evan had been the senior policy advisor for the House Republican Conference, and he was advising them. He wanted to be the policy director for this campaign. So he started putting together a platform 
that became the Evan platform. Right. <laughs> well, he wanted uh, to be the policy guy. Sarah, and thought we'd be able to recruit Mitt Romney in or someone like that. Uh, yeah, they didn't. Yeah. And we, Evan stepped up. Well, That's again, we are uh, really short on time, unfortunately. So we do appreciate you coming on. And uh, again, it's at Evan underscore McMullen for anyone who's interested in another option. And as I said earlier, <laughs> there are a lot of people interested in other options. And of course, at Team McMullen. And, uh, you know, Sarah, if anybody just wants to follow you, we have to give a shout out for the amazing uh, handle <laughs> at yes. Rump Shaker. So uh, thank you so much, uh, Sarah. And uh, we will uh, hopefully have occasion to talk to you in the future. Yes, thank uh, you. There's Sorry, a lot of stuff we didn't get to so on late. the debate. Uh, but uh, Keith Torello in the chat room said, uh, F that guy right in Bernie. So something for you to think about, uh, Ch- uh, Chelsea. Uh, you no, know, Bernie said we, vote for Hillary, so mm, I'm going to vote for Hillary. Doing what Bernie said. All right. Hey, Bernie said, Chelsea, jump off a cliff. Are you going to do that? Bernie also said vote uh, for Proposition 61 here in California. Anyway, so uh, yes. we will be back. <laughs> and 59. On, yes. We will be back on Tuesday, and uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff we didn't get to in the debate, so we'll probably spend a few minutes on that. There's a lot of interesting poll stuff to talk uh, about so that polls. we didn't get to. Which, but like you know what? The polls will be different. Yeah, so there'll be a lot of poll stuff to talk about. So we'll be back on Tuesday. I think it'll be at 8 p.m. Pacific time. But uh, keep an eye on us on Twitter. We're at TrumpHillary16. Make sure you follow us there. Please uh, like and comment on our YouTube videos. And please rate and comment on iTunes. That uh, makes a huge difference for the show. So please do that. Thanks to everybody for uh, joining us. For the invisible Stephen Helmkamp at <laughs> Stephen Helmkamp and our guest Sarah Rumpf at Rumpfshaker and Scott Moore at S-Man 80. <laughs> Drexel Hurd at Drexel Hurd, Chelsea Galicia at Chelsea Galicia. I'm Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ. And uh, we will see you next Tuesday, probably at 8 p.m. See you then. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 